0: Welcome to The Healing Hour. This is the official podcast of The Girl Healer. I'm Hannah Olivia, the creator of The Girl Healer. The Girl Healer's aim has always been to make a difference and create change in the world and the people in it through healing, whether that be through guidance, healing words, written quotes, music, intuitive readings, insightful conversations and spiritual healing. I hope that this is a space for you to learn, grow, reflect and heal. Today on The Healing Hour, we have the amazing Neil Omurchu, creator of Breathe With Neil. He is a wellness expert with over 20 years of experience. Neil uses and teaches the Wim Hof Method in order to live a healthier, happier and stronger life and to also help others do the same. At his in-depth workshops, he teaches people to learn to breathe fully and deeply, improving health, giving the client more energy, reducing stress and many other health benefits. Hi, Neil. I hope you're well today.
1: I am very well actually I just came out of an ice bath. So I'm, I'm feeling great. And thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: Oh, wow. Amazing. Oh, gosh, do you know, what? I, I've always been a bit nervous. I know that when I do it, I would absolutely love it. But the, the closest I've got is a really cold pool at my gym. But I've never actually been in ice before. So how incredible?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, from my experience, and I've been in the cold a lot. We always feel that nervousness and trepidation before we get in. It's a natural reaction to stepping into the unknown. So uh, that's very natural to feel like that. And the cold plunge pool at your gym is just as good as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's in with where the sauna and steam rooms are. So literally you're going from hot to cold and, yeah. and it is freezing, to be honest. Yeah. But But the ice, I'm sure, is is ten times colder.
1: The ice is... Um, a very different experience just in the way that when our minds and our eyes see the ice, it reacts we react in such a kind of primal visceral way to it, that even if we're getting into a plunge pool and say the temperature is very similar, we just have this primal reaction to looking at the ice and thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna to have to get in there. So uh yeah, there's lots of things going on as we as we embark on our journey down to the ice or the coal, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, wow. And do you do that every day? Or is that something you do every couple of days?
1: Um, I feel that to, t- to guide people through this experience that I have to understand it at the very depths of, of the experience. So for me and uh, my wife, Josie, we have we have ice baths at the back because we have events all over Ireland and the UK and so i'm in it every day or most wow, days wow
0: amazing so most people through lockdown bought themselves a jacuzzi and you had an <laughs> ni- and you had an ice pool <laughs> i love that i should tell my husband maybe we should get yeah. one of those instead <laughs> yeah a bit of
1: both. well you want both you want to eat. we want a hot and the cold
0: yeah so do you actually have both in your uh, in your area no
1: so f- I have the ice bath, which is the one I use for myself. is like a converted freezer, so it's a big freezer that's all lined, and it's always like full of ice and it's freezing cold. But then my favorite thing to do a little, maybe an hour or two afterwards, uh, is get into a steaming hot bath. Then as well, uh, and just stuff kind of you know, I love that transition between the wow, heat
0: and yeah, and do you know what as well. I think not only for your mindset, everyone kind of goes on about the health benefits, but I actually think for mindset. Um, going in, I I love to swim, absolutely love swimming. And for me, I can sometimes feel like, oh, can I be bothered? And I drag myself. And then when I come out of that, gosh, I feel like a different person. So just being in a a cool pool makes me feel alive. So being in an ice bath, I can only imagine.
1: Yes. And you're right, though, because when we get into the cold or the pool, whatever it is, and we don't need it, it doesn't have to be very cold to have this effectiveness. In, In fact. A lot of the science now is showing us that many of the, the very profound benefits that we experience in the cold, there are is in a temperature that just makes us feel cold. Yes. So, it's, so it yeah. doesn't have to be very cold. But when we get into the cold, our hormones balance, um, you know, our circulation improves, a lot of things happen. So we are a very different person when we step out of that cold, even if it's a, a little bit of cold at the end of our hot shower. So and I think our resistance to it is often that resistance to change. We know we're going to be different better when we get out, but there's always a little part of us that wants to stay where we are, no matter even if that feeling isn't great, at least it's familiar. The cold is unfamiliar and uh, there's a resistance to it.
0: Yeah, and so many people don't plunge into a cold shower, do they? They think, oh, I'll have my warm shower. And, yeah. you know, it's not until the water goes cold because we've run out of hot and we're like, <laughs> ah! And I mean, I do have the old cold shower, but I know so many people that kind of resist the urge to do it. But I think even if you go out on a cold day, and yeah. I find that when it's like cold and rainy and windy, and you're thinking, oh, my God, but you come back and you might have felt like you've been swept away, but you suddenly have this just complete bursts of energy
1: yeah absolutely and I think when people are thinking about the cold you know they think maybe of the things they see on Instagram of ice baths or whatever but like you said if we're living in this part of the world we do have to confront the cold at different points of the year and if we embrace it then it has it has these amazing effects so if it's really cold and raining and someone's thinking oh I'm not going out for a walk if they go out for the walk and they feel all those benefits and there's a sense of achievement when you've done it and you come back in, you are you are different, you're refreshed, you're energized and even it, even it helps things like sleep and stress and focus. So uh, it's well worth putting on your rain jacket and getting out there
0: yeah i agree i remember going to um iceland and at the time when we stepped out i was like whoa it's cold but actually <laughs> do you know what i found that everything cleared like my and um, my circulation felt better but also i'd had a bit of a cold and my whole congestive it just all cleared yeah
1: yeah absolutely just incredible so- the
0: benefits of it and i just felt so different and i came home and i kind of wanted to get back out there in the cold again yes, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. um so i totally get where you're coming from so how did you end up focusing your entire life on this journey and practice? So not just about kind of like, obviously we've gone off a bit, but I, it was fantastic. And I wanted to talk about your ice bath, um, <laughs> but, but talking about like the Wim Hof method and just like your breathing and, and how you've got into this, how did you end up getting on that journey? Cause I love chatting to people about this and how they actually got onto that path.
1: Yeah, um, it started quite a long time ago. I'm 46 now and when I was about 20, um, my life t- took an unexpected uh, direction all of a sudden. I had been planning and practicing to be a professional basketball player. And that was the the great ambition of my life. But in the background of that, I had big questions going on in my mind about, you know, the, the big questions that loads of people struggle with, like, what is this experience? Who am I? You know, you know, what, what am I feeling here? All these big, big questions. And, slowly and surely those questions began to get louder and louder and I had to leave behind the idea of becoming a professional basketball player and go and seek out answers to these questions which led me to finding breathing which led me to finding meditation and martial arts and yoga and you know natural ways of healing the body. so it was always it was always there as as this obsession of mine really. And then, um, you know, so I was teaching all of that for a long, long time. But then I heard Wim Hof talking on a podcast maybe six or seven years ago. And he was talking about how when we combine the breathing and the cold, that had this huge effect. Now, I'd been doing breathing exercises and I'd been swimming in the Irish Sea since I was a teenager, but I hadn't combined them both like that. And when I heard Wim talking about it, it, it it the best way to describe it, it was like it was the last piece of the puzzle for me. It all fell into place then. And then even, you know, before that I would be teaching workshops or things part time and they were small enough numbers. But then when, you know, everything fell into place and I qualified as a Wim Hof Method instructor, it all just started to take off. It was the right time at the right place. And, um, and yeah, we never look back.
0: I really love that. And, you know, the Healing Hour is all about kind of chatting to people and, their different methods of healing and also their journeys. And being a practitioner myself, I, every single person I speak to has a journey where they were going to do something and (laughs) somehow the universe changed their path. And it's so interesting because I myself was on a similar thing where I was doing something and then it all turned around and that missing piece as well. So with my work, I use different elements and I felt like I've now found my absolute niche using certain elements and like you had that missing piece that you just needed to add to the puzzle and now you've got that that complete package and that's how I feel with my work. So that's so so lovely. So with the basketball, was it just literally an injury or something?
1: No, it was it was I suppose I've always my dad kind of jokes that I was a very unusual child that like when I was 10 years old we were we emigrated to America for a few years and he saw me sitting at the table having breakfast before school one morning and he was worried because it was a new country and a new culture. And he was saying to me, are you okay? Are you worrying about anything? And he tells the story that I looked at him and said, I'm trying to imagine what my wife, my future wife is doing right now. You know, and I was 10 years old, but I was thinking... Yeah, you were already
0: manifesting. (laughs) (laughs) Visualisation.
1: Yeah, so I always was thinking about things like, what would I be like when I'm an old person, even though I was a child? And my mind was always very curious. So as I moved into teenage years, I had this kind of two tracks going on. One was playing for basketball for Ireland and kind of moving up through that world. But then it was this really... Really, kind of curious, searching mind about the meaning of life and uh, the meaning of existence, and you know, what was God? Does God exist? And all the all the kind of views on that. So, so really, my career was kind of reaching you know a very high level, and but it was at that point where those questions became too much, and there was like a switch. I had to make a decision. Um, I remember I was in America at the time and I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to have to leave behind all the dreams and all the expectations and go out and look for these answers. And I suppose not being, um, being young and not being kind of very good at articulating what was going on. I just basically retired from basketball suddenly. And I, at that stage, I was, I think I was the youngest. Irish person or youngest person to ever play for the senior Irish basketball team and and all this kind of stuff but I just immediately stopped stopped it said goodbye to my coaches tried to explain as best I could to my parents and my friends but I'm sure they were really dumbfounded because they weren't aware of these huge questions you know rolling around in my mind as I was getting older they could just see the external part which was basketball and I'm sure it was quite a shock to To most people that that this was happening, but it it was a great lesson because, and I'm sure loads of people can relate to this. If you're known for something, and it doesn't have to be basketball, it can be, you know, where you're from or some other kind of label. When you're known as that, and then all of a sudden you turn your back on it, it's a very frightening experience because people would say, Oh, there's Neil the basketball player. And yeah, it's your
0: identity, yeah, and then all of a sudden
1: that, that wasn't it. And um So the search began and off I went looking for the answers. And, uh, and here I am many years later, still looking for the answers and I'm very much enjoying the search
0: yeah I think that's it isn't it um it's a scary process when you're changing your identity but at the end of the day that was your awakening Um, and at that age of your life that was when I believe you uh, we have a soul plan we agree with our contract and you chose at that time that that was going to be the pinnacle when you would find all these other things out there and I remember I'm 42 um And I remember when I was quite young, um, I would be in the shower or the bath and I'd kind of look down at myself and I was probably, gosh, seven or eight, And I'd be thinking to myself, so this is a body, but what is inside it? Because there's definitely more (laughs) than just a body. And and, you know, obviously I'm a psychic medium, I'm a healer. So I'm really always trying to find out what the purpose is about. And like you say, people, it does alarm them. Your family can sometimes distance themselves at at the beginning. Now my family understand what I do, they get me, they accept it. But it's not an easy or comfortable experience to go to. But those people that do that, such strong people and I bet you're looking back now and you just feel it's like a sigh of relief isn't it
1: yeah now, yeah, I just
0: feel so like I'm myself and I'll drop my children off to school and everybody knows who I am what I do and there's no <laughs> pretend. like I don't even try and hide it anymore I used to kind of just not say what my occupation was because yeah. I was a, a professional singer as well so I kind of tend to got that route um, and I talk about all of that and and now it's like no this is me if you don't like it then obviously our our souls aren't meant to match or, or cross um yeah. so yeah I love that I, I feel completely embraced in my and it sounds like you are too.
1: And, and as you said there, it's a, it's a relief to come to a point where you just accept yourself and then, you know, then it doesn't matter if other people accept or not you you have a you kind of you're at peace with yourself
0: yes you're not worried what other people actually think and that that takes a while you know it does take a while i have days where i'm still a little bit like (laughs) oh gosh um you know sensitive to things um i'm a real empath and so it's not an overnight journey and i say that to clients you know we're all human and we're living this experience and we're not going to be perfect and we're going to have times where we fall back or we think or we think oh gosh should i have done that or you know Mm. and that is how it is but that's lovely that you've kind of it sounds like such a similar path and I just love that every guest I have on it's like a pattern and they've all they've all kind of been on the same journey I had a lady who does Chinese medicine and she's called Kate Brimble she's very kind of popular in that um in that field and she was an opera singer and she had a car accident and then that took her on the path to find how she could heal herself so it's just wonderful I love I really love it So, so could you tell me a little bit more about the Wim Hof method and what it entails?
1: Yeah, so, so the Wim Hof method, um, is a scientifically proven way of breathing and using the cold and helping, helping the, the mind stay focused and sharp by, by learning how to breathe in the cold and all of that really produces these great effects, improves our health, improves our, our mood. It makes the body stronger. And it's been proven to have incredible benefits for the immune system, reduces stress and anxiety. It gives us more resilience. It increases our uh, levels of energy. It reduces pain, reduces inflammation. It really is an incredible incredible way of of just combining some very simple things like breathing in the cold and getting these deep, long-lasting effects from them.
0: So literally, do you just breathe in the cold? Do you ever find that there are times where you there isn't an opportunity, or I don't know, like do you always? Is this part of what you do? It is all specifically to do in the cold.
1: So the the breathing and the cold practices can be quite separate. So there's so there's kind of if you if you imagine that there's breathing exercises that we do as a practice, say sitting down or lying down, somewhere yeah. com- comfortable and safe. And they really start to change the body. They have a, a huge effect on the chemistry inside the body and you know, getting oxygen down to every cell in the body. And that by themselves, they're hugely beneficial, just the Wim Hof method, breathing techniques. And then we can imagine that there's a separate practice, which is getting into the cold. And we use a slightly different way of breathing for the cold. But they're two very different practices. And it's great to see now that there's a lot of science out there that shows us that. If we were just to do the Wim Hof method, breathing, that would have great benefits. If we were just to do uh, the cold part of it, that would also have great benefits. But when we combine the practice of doing a little bit of breathing every day and then finding time separately to do a little bit of cold every day, then they have this cumulative effect, this huge effect on how we feel and, and how we think and how we react to pressure. So they're two separate practices, but they're... they bring about the most benefits but we, we practice each of them every day, if possible.
0: Absolutely. The reason why I asked that was because I have clients who listen from America and Dubai and hotter climates. <laughs> yes. So I wanted to find out whether they could still benefit from this, even if they couldn't be in a, a cold environment. But because, you know, I tell my clients and followers all the time, the importance of breathing deeply, profoundly, yep. not just breathing, but connecting and understanding our breathing technique, especially when I'm discussing meditation, because I do a co- kind of, quite a lot of healing meditation workshops. Yep. Um, and I understand that you are a teacher of coherent breathing and breathe body and mind techniques too. So yes. can you explain a little bit more about that? Because that may benefit those in hotter climates.
1: Yeah, so so anywhere, anybody who's living in a hot climate and they might not have access to the cold, the breathing itself is is so beneficial. And um, the, the breathing you mentioned there, coherent breathing, is a very simple way of breathing. And it's for everybody. So children can use it. People who are very ill can use it. People who are pregnant can use it. Um, and it's very simply breathing in for a count of four and breathing out for a count of four. And it sounds so simple that nearly it's, it can be nearly dismissed by some people because it's so simple. But it is the foundation of, of a way of, of treating extraordinarily tra- traumatised, stressed, you know, uh, tense people that has been developed by two professors, um, Dr. Richard Brown and Patricia Gerberg, and they have developed it into a, a very simple um, program called Breath, Body, Mind. And, you know, it's, it's extraordinary the effects that it has on people, just taking time to breathe in for a count of four and to breathe out for a count of four. And even to do that for five minutes or 10 minutes brings the entire body into balance again. And for most people, that balance means that they had been wound too tight or very stressed and their mind is running around in circles. And all of a sudden they just breathe in this very calm, very gentle way. And the body starts to unwind, the mind starts to unwind. And we move down into a place in the nervous system, the parasympathetic part of the nervous system, where the body feels safe again, where the body can restore itself again. And this is just from some very, very simple breathing.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny, when I do my workshops, we will always start the first five minutes or so with that four minute in and four minute out. Yeah. And, and I hadn't even really known much about the, about those methods from those particular people but it's just something that felt right for me so it's interesting that I've been doing a practice that actually is highly beneficial without even realizing that it was um and my clients will always say afterwards, "Gosh, I feel so relaxed and calm." And that's what I do. <laughs> hey, that's what I do before we kind of get into the actual meditation, um, and then I'll kind of say to them, "Don't focus too much on the breathing once we start." And um, but yeah, that's really interesting because it's such a simple thing, yes. yet so profoundly effective. Um, yep. And it's just as important. I say to people when they want answers to things and their mind is really and um, kind of scattered, and they're asking me for my opinion, and I say to them just sit in stillness, go into nature, sit in the garden, even sit on your bed in your bedroom, but just in silence, and listen for those messages. And it's a similar process with that breathing It's literally just being in stillness and focusing without thinking about anything else in the world, just purely on that on that breath.
1: Yes. And I think for a lot of people that initial um, transition from their daily minds, which is full of ideas and thoughts and things to do, and it's jumping into the future and it's falling back into the past. At the beginning, when they start just breathing in gently for a count of four and breathing out gently for a count of four, there's always this nearly a revolution in the mind. The mind is like, get up, do something else, You know, do this, pick up your phone, make a cup of tea. But slowly as as the breath starts to work and the lungs start to work, and the, the great thing is that they don't have to concentrate their mind at all. Once their lungs are moving in that very soft and gentle and rhythmic way, the brain listens to the lungs. Then the brain starts to reflect how the lungs are moving and the brain starts to move into, into frequencies that are much calmer. And then, then they have this sense of openness and freedom in the mind that they might have, might not have had before. And as you said, and when when we have that openness and freedom in the mind, Then we can actually start to listen to what's 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 going on deep down inside us and we can we can hear those little flashes of of information and insight that may have been crowded out by by too much noise before
0: i think too often that's where people make the mistakes so they'll kind of sit in quietness but they're not calm so they sit in quietness and they're waiting for these answers they're hoping that the divine will give them that answer they're seeking and but The breath is the first step, in my opinion, to calm themselves Mm -hmm. in order to get the answer. But so many people don't realize that. They think, oh, I'll just sit down on on a bit of grass, grounding with bare feet, and it will come to me. But they need to be in a state of calmness, I feel, in order for that information to get to them. We have to be on an energetic frequency, a a, a level of of connection where we can get those messages anyway.
1: Yeah, and and the body, when it's when the body is feeling tense or agitated or in emergency or survival, it's taken all, all the energy it has and it's trying to deal with whatever the perceived danger is. And, and it's not putting any energy or focus into long-term building projects. It's not putting any emphasis into keeping the body healthy or restoring the body or, or healing the body. So again, the mind is just a reflection of that. So, if the body is is calm and it's starting to move down into this place where it feels safe and peaceful, the mind starts to reflect that and then we're open to whatever whatever happens. But it's a practice that people are becoming more aware of now, the importance of the breath. Um, but we still have we still have many more people to reach.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think it's one of those things that is so simple and easy. You could be at your desk at work and nobody even needs to know that you're doing it. It's quite yeah. different, like with meditation, you do feel sometimes that you need to be in a sense of either closing your eyes or crossing your legs yeah. or lying down, that's how people need to be. But with this, you could be driving your car, you could be in the cinema, it's you amazing. know, you you could be absolutely anywhere. I think this is what people forget, that we are breathing, we're humans that breathe breathe but we forget our importance of our breath because we think oh you know what it's just part of the human body we don't need to even think about it 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 runs because we wouldn't be alive otherwise but actually it's really important to educate ourselves that it can have so many more benefits if we actually recognize it
1: Mm -hmm. and it's as as you said there our breath is with us all the time so our breath is with us through the good and the bad it's this constant companion we have and obviously, we don't have to pay attention to it all the time. It works, thankfully, by itself. And we breathe about 20,000 times a day. But when we do put our attention on it, it immediately starts to change. It immediately starts to slow down. It immediately starts to calm down. Then we start to feel like that. And as you said, there's loads of times during the day when we need it, when the pressure is on. So when maybe last year, two years ago, when a publisher from London asked approached me to write a book, I knew exactly what I wanted the book to be about. It's about those moments in the day when we need the breath. And that's when I wrote the the blissful breath. And it's about how, as you described there, that there's plenty of times in the day that just bringing our mind back to the breath, even for a minute or two, can have really a profound effect on our, on our life and really improve the quality of our life and help us see things in, in a much clearer way. And it's a practice to remember that we can bring our attention to the breath, but that's but everything is a practice. You know, it's it's worth it's worth putting the the effort and commitment into to learning that skill.
0: Well, that's the thing. I think it's about not forgetting it. It's like, you know, you wouldn't forget to brush your teeth. Um, yes. And so it needs to be part of our day. And what I feel that, you know, going on about kind of like educating and, and you were saying about so many more people are out there that aren't aware. And um, I feel this kind of knowledge should be taught in schools alongside other subjects like English and maths and um, I feel it's so important that we educate from a young age, the importance of connecting our soul with our body, the fact that breathing not just keeps us alive, but it's part of our well-being and it can literally transform us. Um, And I know that you teach a lot of children and teenagers. So what kind of things do you cover with them? Do you go to schools yourself?
1: Yeah, so my initial um, my initial kind of Exploration of this was from from my own children. So I have four children. And, oh wow,
0: um, lovely! Yeah,
1: and so after after COVID was over and the lockdowns began to open up, and um, they they were fine during the lockdowns, but they were then really um unexpectedly hit with this really intense anxiety about separation yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Mm, so I
0: deal with this a lot with clients with children.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so I I you know, I would consider myself a person who has a lot of experience in helping adults to deal with all of that through breathing. So my focus then turned on, on figuring out ways to help firstly, my own children, but then I was getting lots of messages from schools and teachers and parents saying that their own children were, and teenagers were experiencing that. So that was the beginning of, of an online program that we have called blissful breathing for children and teenagers. And what we figured out was that the best way to get to children and teenagers was to create these breathe along recordings. Some of them are quite short, three minutes. Some of them are a bit longer, 10 minutes. Some of them are even 20 minutes. And we have these guiding principles that help parents and teachers to help the children to breathe in in these ways. And so, for example, one of the guiding principles is that children or teenagers mimic their parents, whether they know it or not. So we have we advised that the at the end of the day, when everything is over and everyone's in bed and the lights are out and everything's done, that the parents lie with the children and put on the recordings and they breathe together. And what we what we found was that this really helped children let go, and teenagers let go of worry and tension and anxiety, the breathing every night if they could, began to really calm the children down, especially teenagers. And that then just expanded into schools. So I'm working with uh, some schools here in Ireland, um, and we're looking to expand across Europe as well, because this program is so easy to access. A parent or a teacher can have it on their phone, and it's so easy to just press play, and they just breathe along with the recordings with their students or, or with their own children. And the effects are nearly immediate. You know, I was in a school there last week, um a secondary school with 13 year old uh girls and we we started off with some exercise and you can imagine now 120 13 year old girls you know, wow, you know yeah. there's, there's a very certain type of energy that comes yeah, with that yeah
0: hormonal yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so
1: yeah. after doing a couple of the exercises to kind of release some of that tension and that energy um the teachers are coming up to me and saying to me afterwards they could feel the change in the room they couldn't believe it and it's like these are these are very simple ways of breathing and moving. And uh, I think it's, it's so important. A lot of my focus now is, is on this. And I feel that if we can expand this through to every school in Ireland and the UK and Europe and beyond, that children and teenagers and the students and the parents, just knowing that they can change how they feel at any moment just by changing how they breathe, I think that'll have a huge effect on, on society at large. And I definitely could have done with this as a teenager.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, it's funny, we're recording today, and it's Mental Health Awareness Day. um, And I just feel that, you know, we have these days, or we have these weeks. And even in my children's school, they'll have a week where they'll do some mindfulness and, and this and that. But I've said to the headmaster there, and not in an abrupt way, but I said, it's all great doing a week where you acknowledge it, and you focus it, and they're all into it. But this needs to be implemented on a daily basis. And he knows the kind of work I do. And, I sadly at the moment don't really have the time to go in there and do loads for him I'm so busy but I kind of said to him there's so many people out there that I know would be willing to come and and do things and I just feel that it's something like you say like my children are lucky to have someone like myself you know they're three and eight and they understand mindfulness they understand energy I talk to them about the fact that I heal with my hands and that my three-year-old already starts putting her hands out and I'm sure with your children children they understand breathing techniques and it's not something that's you know the well it's the norm to them but there's so many families out there that don't have those skills and like you say or they don't have the means to get them or their or their parents just don't understand it and so it I feel like from from a school perspective or a government perspective they throw all this money into mental health but i feel i'm going to get really passionate here but i feel like they they've got the wrong side of it in a way like they should be putting money into more alternative things that actually are free once they're taught once those kids have those skills they're not going to be and sucking money out of the nhs or anything because they can do themselves And it just, I I mean, I I could talk about this till the cows come home and I'm (laughs) a bit like, I'm on the same page as you with the kind of work I do I'm trying I would love to educate kids more on their energy and how it impacts them like all you've got to do is go to a supermarket and if there's someone that's in a bad mood and they're next to you in the shopping aisle and you're a really really sensitive and empathic child you're going to start feeling their energy and you're going to start wondering why you feel this way why you feel anxious it's not always our energy that's impacting us it's others around us so it's really important to educate ourselves on the fact that we have an aura and an energy as well and I mean there's so many elements like you say but it sounds like you're doing a great job and I can't wait for you to come to the UK and do more uh-huh. once I you've reached the, all the, of the, Ireland
1: yeah the beauty about what we what we're trying to do is that I could see that um, my time is finite and limited and with travel it it doesn't make sense so um, what we've created is that any school, and you can send the link to Blissful Breathing for teenagers and children to your headmaster. Yeah. Any any school or any parent listening to this can go onto our website, they find all the information and they can sign up and they can start immediately. They they don't actually need me there at all. All the information is there and it's really simple to follow and it's really effective. And I suppose the, the difficulties that you were describing there, I had those in my mind when we were trying to create this program that it, it can be accessed from a phone, from anywhere. To anybody at yeah. any time. Yeah,
0: so really, and I think for,
1: that's important.
0: So really, for you personally, this is about getting your word out. It's probably more about you finding all the kind of email addresses for all the schools in Ireland and <laughs> the yes. UK, and just emailing them and promoting yourself. That's what the divine's telling me, anyway. Yes. it's literally yes. like you've got the you've got the information, you've got the software, you've done the hard work. Now it's yep. just about really emailing the schools and and just yep. and and if they choose to do it, great. If they don't, they don't. But I guarantee you'll have a hell of a lot of interest because it's a free programme that kids can just do and take home with them. So yeah, it's more about reaching rather than you having to do any more work, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and and we know from from the feedback, the way the programme is set up, that we encourage uh, the parents and the teachers to feed back to us what's working for the children and teenagers. So we're always adding in new recordings once a month that are based on the feedback. So, for example, some of the um, children love the sound of birdsong in the back of the, re- in, in the recording, so it makes them feel really calm. So- I find we that to, too, I love yeah, that. So, yeah, so we'll reco- so we record some breathing with that in the back. Then we had uh, other children love the sound of the sea, so we had recordings of that. So ultimately, um, whatever is working for the teenagers and, and the teachers in school, they feed that back to us and we continually improve it. So as you said, like the work is done, like we, we know, we know what is working for the children. We have this way in which we can continue to improve the, 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 the next step now is just getting out uh, and making people aware that it's there. That's, yeah. that's all really that it is.
0: And what age does that start from? Because my daughter's three and she's at nursery and they often have like time out on the on the mat where that would be perfect. Yes. So what sort of age do you start? Because I think it's never too early. I mean, I talk to no, a three year old about everything.
1: Yeah, and we do have children as young as three, um, their parents in there kind of playing it for them because really what I love about children is they there's no they're not hung up about anything you know is this working is this not working no, is they're this scientifically not. proven they're just and I love to watch them doing the breathing and, and one of the other guiding principles is there is no right or wrong way you know so if the child wants to lie on their back and their front stand up on their head and just do it Just let them do it and they'll find a way to do it. And I love watching children and their interpretation of, you know, how to breathe and how to do it. And again, it's just it's like a seed that we plant that just goes in there in their mind. And when they need it, then they will they will come back to it when they're when they're ready
0: yeah and they're so adaptable aren't they I mean my children they yeah. they might ask me questions but once I say something to them they're very happy to um you know be open to what I talk I mean gosh knows what their friends must think of what their mummy does because they'll talk <laughs> about angels and all sorts of things but they're very they don't care and I love that about I think if you implement that at an early age then there isn't any false pretense you know how we said we unfortunately had to go to that awakening where we lost our identity and we felt That like oh gosh we'll be accepted we'll be understood well if we teach children from a young age that we are who we are then they're never going to feel different or inferior, and it's so important.
1: Yes, and I think that's why one of the guiding principles for blissful breathing for children and teenagers is to breathe with them because the children and teenagers, whether they accept you know admit it or not, are mimicking our behaviour all the time. So if if they see us. Uh, t- you know trying to be ourselves and trying to kind of do what we think is is right and, and breathing in a certain way at different times they are absorbing all of that uh, and you know they they pick up on that and that that becomes their way of doing things as well
0: Absolutely. So obviously, that's the, the child one and you have an adult one as well. So yeah. I'd love you to run through a simple technique for me and the listeners so they can just get a bit of a taster for what's maybe in the book or on the apps yeah, yeah. And, and it would be really great. And then that would maybe entice them as well. So if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, of course. So for everyone listening, including yourself now, just take a moment just to settle into into your chair or wherever you're sitting. And just slowly now, bring your attention to your eyes and soften your eyes. And soften your jaw and your mouth. Softening your shoulders, softening your arms and your fingers. Softening the belly. Softening your legs. Softening your feet and your toes. And gently now bringing your attention just to your breath as it is now. No need to change the breath, or force the breath. Just listening to your breath now and feeling how it moves in the body as you inhale and feel it as it moves in the body as you exhale. And on your next breath, just breathing gently in And now slowly and calmly breathing all the way out. And when you get to the bottom of that exhale, just breathing in again, and then breathing slowly and calmly. out. And our focus here is on these long, slow exhales. So as you breathe the breath in soft and deep, but the emphasis is on that long, slow exhale. Three more breaths like this, breathing in and slowly and calmly breathing all the way out. Again, breathing in and allowing your mind to follow that breath as you breathe all the way out. Last time, breathing in and allowing your body to soften as you breathe all the way out. And just rest now for a moment, allowing your breath to find its way back to its natural rhythm, allowing your body to rest just for a moment. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back into your body, back into the womb. And that simple way of breathing, with that focus on the exhale, it activates the vagus nerve in the body. It drops the heart rate, softens the body, and helps us begin to feel calm and safe again.
0: Yeah, I feel really relaxed. I mean, I'm used to doing these kind of things anyway, but just taking that time out just then, um, I would I would have been doing mine after the podcast because I dropped my kids to school and then I was yeah. getting sorted. So I feel like you've already given me a little <laughs> bit of a head start. Um, so yeah, I feel really I feel calmer than I did before we started. That's lovely. That's really really nice. Um, well. And people can kind of just get a little bit of a taster. Um, yeah. if they're not if they've never done it before because not everybody listening will have will have done something like that before so oh that's wonderful thank you so much you well, th- well thank you neil it's been a real pleasure having you on the healing hour today and the listeners have gained something from this episode because i know that i have and um, you can find neil on instagram at breathe with neil and he has a link to all of his information related to his podcast online courses his workshops and retreats and sessions as well as information on his book for children and adults and um, the blissful breath 10 minute of daily breathing exercises that will change your life well, you can also find all the information that he was talking about with regards to for schools so if you think your school would be interested then please definitely send them that information <laughs> <Please do. laughs> um, and you can find me hannah oliver on instagram at the girl healer my website is www.thegirlhealer.com you can find all information on everything related that i offer including intuitive readings one-to-one life skype Skype life path sessions, distant spiritual healing and workshops. Thank you so much for spending a wonderful time with us today. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we would love it if you could leave us a review, tag us on social media, subscribe and tell your friends. Join us soon for the next Healing Hour podcast with The Girl Healer. Bye for now.